Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 11 of the KDH podcast. Today, I'm joined by David Hatt. Hello, mate. How's it going? Hello. How are you doing? All good? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. So our conversation today, we're going to be calling this podcast Contra- Controversial Fitness, the 2020 edition. Um, so we're going to be talking about a lot of different points that have came up. But initially, we're going to start off with, obviously, David's story. What I hear a wee bit more about him. I've only been following David for a short period of time. So, um, obviously, let's start off, Me, What's your story? Where did you start? And what are you doing right now? First, just thanks for having me on the podcast, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, so, I've been in the industry, I always get this mixed up, six or seven years, I'm not too sure. Um, I started off in exercise for less, just in a kind of commercial gym, just doing personal training, done some group training, things like that. Um, so, I was there for about four years. I then went to a private gym, um, just based on exercise for less, kind of changing its business model and things like that. I think it's recently just been sold, actually, as well. Um, and I was in a privately run gym for about a year and then actually moved to Dubai for a year as well. So I was out in Dubai in 2018 where I'd done a little bit of personal training. And that's also where I started my online coaching business, which is my main passion and my main drive nowadays. And that's that's all I do now. So um, last year I stopped all personal training. I decided to focus on the online coaching business. So I run an online coaching business called MTN Coaching. Um, and that consists of myself and there's now seven other, other coaches working underneath the brand from an online coaching perspective. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been my last that's been my, my last six years, I suppose, if I was to break it down pretty quickly. Um, plenty of ups and downs along the way. Um, but yeah, like nowadays, just run an online coaching business. It's going very well. Um, right now we've got you know around 200 premium one-to-one clients and then we also run certain projects throughout the year um, over lockdown we ran two projects called the fat loss project that serviced 630 people um, so that was that's been really interesting and something that we're going to pursue in the future as well more of a kind of group-based online coaching system that's good mate so was that something that was like completely new after lockdown like during lockdown? yeah I mean I've always been quite you know, I've been one of these coaches that bashed um, generalized approaches and saying, you know, everyone should have a personalized approach. And, and I'm still very much like that. But um, we knew like over lockdown, there was a lot of other people that needed help and we didn't necessarily have the systems or the number of coaches needed to accommodate to all those people. Um, so we decided to create the Fallos Project, which was like an eight week program, had cash prizes at the end of it. Um, and it was more generalized. They were all sent a very similar um, ebook on nutrition, a male and female specific one, and training plan as well within nine to twelve different programs within that. Um, but what that was, it, it was more of an education rather than like, oh, here's a diet plan or here's a training plan. It was kind of like, here's how to you know set up your own nutrition yeah. rather than us doing it for them. So that's why it worked so well because it had templates within it. So we'd send them, you know, the templates. Here's a starting point. But here's also, you know, how to track your food and how to improve your sleep, your stress. Um, and then we ran that through a Facebook group that was really good for the community side of things. So, yeah, that was certainly something new. We had planned to do it later in the year, but I think COVID and lockdown accelerated that because it was something people needed there and then, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I've been doing as well. I've, I started an online platform. And to be honest, it's not the sort of online platform that it was more... It was, very, it was just about a community. It was about education. Yep. And it's not something that I would be like, like folk were like, oh, that's you set up now. I'm like, it's not online coaching that's going to be like, yep. if the gym reopens, it's not going to be like the sort of thing that's going to be extremely desired. 
However, it was yeah. working around the current situation, and that's like yeah. I can I probably imagine it's a very similar thing. Like more people wouldn't opt for that if there was the other circuit, but it was due to the certain circumstances. Yeah. And, uh, that's that good, is- and I think yeah, that's where all good coaches, in my opinion, have. You know, they've pivoted across COVID. You get some people that have just stayed in the exact same position and they've been blaming the government. And yeah, I want gyms to open as well. But you get the people that have had success over lockdown and it's those people that have managed to make the most out of a bad situation. They've managed to change things. They've managed to actually make more income rather than less. They've managed to change their service to accommodate for people. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not a big advocate of home workouts. Like I cannot stand yeah. them. I'm so sad of them. But I wasn't going to be that PT that was, you know, shouting about how bad they are for 20 weeks because you're not going to gain any business and you're not going to help anyone as much as I don't love home workouts. I know that they're much better than, than doing nothing and no, for coaches okay. to put that across to people, then that, that's kind of what was needed in this time frame and still needed in Scotland because the gyms still are not. I know. I think there's. I think that's the thing. Though a lot of coaches have they hit the pause button and they were like, "Oh, when the gym reopens," and you're like, "Look, you can't." Yeah. Like, how can you tell someone? How can you be an advocate that tells people to constantly adapt and overcome when you can't do yeah. it? And I totally exactly. feel for personal trainers that they're a bit like, like I know that there's. I know loads of coaches where their businesses are. They don't have a business anymore. It is completely yeah. gone. And I do feel for them because maybe they've got busy family lives where they weren't they weren't in a position ready to be equipped to take it on. And I, I was talking about this yesterday. If I was at the start of my personal training career and this happened, I'd have been fucked. Like I would have been totally, yeah. I'd have been in a position where I'd have been like, what the hell do I do? Because I think like having all those years of coaching behind you, that's when you craft your trade. That's when you're confident yeah. to help people. And if you, all you know is how to create a program and how to genuinely just keep someone a bit motivated, you don't know the ins and outs yeah. of it. And that's, I'm not going to sit there and bash any personal trainers that, um, what do you call it, that, that haven't maybe adapted. But at the same time, there has been a lot that have genuinely just kind of been like, they, they think they're above it. I, oh, I only do training in the gym. And you're like, well, your clients are going to kind of need you for the next four months. If they've been coming to you for over a year and you've just went, right, let's press plot pause. You're not going to put their physical state and their mental state in a good position. And I just felt, Definitely. I felt really like, I suppose this is just in my nature that I felt very de- like a lot of my clients depended on me, and I, that was the thing yep. that drove me at the beginning. I couldn't just I couldn't drop them. Like I was sat there on the last day, going, "What the fuck has just happened? Yeah. What is going I on?" Think the, the hardest thing, and certainly a mistake we made, we gave a lot of our clients the option to just pause their coaching block because we felt. Initially, we felt at the time they weren't going to get the service that they paid for because they didn't have access to the same results, in my opinion, which I still believe that you're going to get much better results if you've got a gym environment yes, to train in. So we kind of paused our clients' blocks, but that was with my thinking and understanding that lockdown was going to be six weeks, you know, not 20 weeks. Yeah. Um, and eight, I think eight weeks went by and I was like, oh, I cannot keep these clients' blocks paused. One, you know, financially, it's not great for the business. And two, because... You know what, like we weren't servicing those clients. So that's a great point that you made. Like we we weren't giving them what they actually needed. Because, you know, in my head it was like they need a gym, they need this, they need that, they need this. But realistically they just needed something. Um, and we weren't providing that something for that six to eight week time frame. Um so that was that was a massive mistake that I initially made. Um but we, we went a full, you know, one eighty or three sixty and turned that around and started getting some phenomenal results even across lockdown. Like the fat loss project that we had got some insane results, like thirty, forty, fifty really good um really good before and afters and not just, you know, physical changes, but a lot of people like really yeah. 
written for the, for the for the longer term. Yeah, no, that's what I've loved throughout. Like the comments of I put up a little montage yesterday from uh, lockdown throughout it, and it was like it was nice to see that. It was quite funny as well. You see the you see the weather change outside and all the outdoor videos that I'm doing and stuff. Like you're like, yeah. this has been long. This has been yeah. really long, and I think that was the realization. But like such nice comments for clients and stuff saying it's been like like when I've been checking in with them saying it's been like the backbone of their their time throughout and. Yeah. And yeah. I know that a lot of people have pushed the pause pause button and, and I wish they didn't. Like, as you said, like you, the gym is a fucking great tool. The gym's like, yeah. that's where you're going to, obviously, it's, I think the, the biggest challenge with a lot of people is they don't associate home with working out. So yeah, it's that's an it's environment. environment. Yeah, yeah it's, an, it's a habitual environment. So whereas if you walk to the gym, you're going into the mindset of doing it. It's like when someone's like, see when you, you G yourself up for something. And, and I think like, yeah. I've, I, at the beginning, I was kind of, I've, I've learned a lot and I've probably said things throughout where it's like probably made a mistake there, probably shouldn't have said that. You have yeah. to be a certain kind of person to be quite resilient to these sort of things. And I know that I'm, I forget that sometimes. I forget that not yeah. everybody's me. Like I think of these like, why aren't you, why are and I think it takes like, I'm very honest about that and I'll put my hand up if I've had a mistake, made a mistake. But at the same time, like I think it's just like it's just trying not to adopt that all or nothing approach because that's what so many people yeah. do, and it's the same in I nutrition. It's picking it's picking your battles and controlling what you can control quite a lot of the time, yeah. and it's like I think you need to get in your head like, well, you've not got a gym, so you know what? You might hate home workouts, you might not want to do them. Fine, but what can you do that's going to benefit your health? Whether it's well, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to track every gram of food that I eat over the next few weeks to keep me accountable or you know what I'm going to spend this time trying to improve my sleep or trying to reduce my stress or trying to learn something new um, and and for some people like myself included I'm not going to lie like I've, I've had I've went probably I've went weeks I wouldn't say weeks I probably went a two week period where I've not done a home workout I've maybe went a run or whatever um, so I can totally sympathise with a lot of clients that have said yeah. like I'm just over the home workouts. I'm waiting until the gyms are open. It's hard because I've got other people that are loving them that don't want to go back to gyms and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like controlling what you can control and, and maybe picking your battles and rather than saying, I'll just start over with my health journey when the gyms open, maybe just thinking, you know what, I'm not going to train fine. I've not got a massive problem with that. But, you know, why don't you at least hit, you know, 12,000 steps a day? Or why don't you track your water? Or why don't you look into um, better food choices and things like that so I think yeah for a lot of people they might not have wanted to train or they might not have trained yeah. much but have they done other things that might benefit them hopefully I'm always trying to get people I've only found out this year what are you familiar with stoicism yeah 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 so I'm I've, I've felt like one of my one of my friends actually messaged me on Instagram and the start of this year and it was a lot of the stuff I was saying he's like mate have you read this book and it was the daily stoic <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, a lot of your what you say genuinely sounds like that. But I've read a lot of other books who the people that have written them are Stoics. They are people that, and if for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's genuinely like, it's a philosophy that's like all about controlling the controllables. And I yeah. think now that a lot of, this has been a, a proper, like since lockdown is everyone just tried to control the uncontrollables. And, yeah. and I think like, I always say, and like it's a bit of a bold statement folk are probably that's quite arrogant Christian I think people are like sheep I think we are like sheep and I think that like a lot of people throughout lockdown they keep talking about I want it to go back to normal and it's like accepting that normal isn't going to be a thing for a while so if you're constantly yeah. pushing for something that's not going to happen 
it's almost like setting yourself up to fail a little bit. And it's like, and I think yeah. that's probably why we're seeing second bounds of cases coming up because people have went, yes, like back to normal. And you're like, no, 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 like that isn't, yeah. that shouldn't be a thing. Um, yeah. And it's no, I completely, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and um, I, I think like if anyone, I, I started reading that Daily Stoic, but I didn't really like, I, I didn't really get it. It's just like a paragraph a day, and I was like, I like reading a bit more. And it tells you to go yeah. have a think. But I like um, a lot of uh, really, really like sort of good athletes and stuff, and like really inspirational people, influential people are quite into it and stuff as well. But as it it's quite a, a factor in life, don't try to control the uncontrollables. Otherwise, you'll just be fighting against a, and you'll be a M was it M M immovable object fighting an unstoppable yeah. force yeah so you just... I think that's something that most people don't focus on they like to focus on or, or they get annoyed about things that they, they can't control but they also don't do the right things with things they can control so you know people moan about oh like I, I've always been overweight or I've always been fat and I say well that's something that you can control but but the gyms aren't open well that's something you, you can't control you can control a lot of other factors mm-hmm. to do with weight loss or whatever but you physically can't control the fact that gyms are shut right now. Yeah. Um, so, it, but I, I do. It's also like you, you understand where people are coming it's from. A, it's from a it, double-edged like, sword, isn't it? It's a yeah. double-edged sword. Like there's, there's there's obviously two sides to it. But I think that's the. It's it's probably a good point to bring up. A lot of folk just immediately go fat loss, exercise. They do like you ask people, yeah. what's your activity, and they go like that. Well, I used to go to this. I'm like, no, no, no. What do you do like day to day? Oh well, I went to this class. Oh, I used to, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about exercise. What is your activity like? And they're like, what do you mean? And like, it's so much emphasis is played on to placed onto exercise, and you're like, exercise yeah. is a fucking great tool for losing fat. But I think it's just that I spoke about this in a video today, and I was saying that it's like when someone almost like they, they advertise an exercise as a fat burning exercise. It's irrelevant. Like it's completely irrelevant. If like you could be. I remember uh, when I was in the Air Force, there was a guy that I knew that literally had, what was it, he'd done four or five Ironmen in a week and he didn't lose any weight in a week because his eating habits were like insane. Like yeah. he was just consumed so much food. Ross Edgley spam around the UK and put on weight. Yeah. Wait, that was yeah. his plan. Yeah, like he, that was it. But the, of course. I think like, <laughs> I think um, exercise activity, um, burning calories is something like only 5% of your daily you know, yeah. total calorie burn. Um, I'm not sure the exact figures, but I think neat and like general movement out with that is 25 to 30 percent. I need to look yeah. that up, but um, it's such a, a bigger aspect of things, and that's what I've been saying to my clients. If they're like, I, I can't really be bothered doing my home workout today, I'm like, well, do you not know get out a walk, go for an hour and a half walk rather than a 30 minute workout. You will probably burn more calories doing so, yeah. um, you're increasing your general movement, and that's that's such an important thing. And I think it's something that a lot of people have struggled with from going to working from home because they're, they're a lot less active because they're maybe not even small things like they're not walking up and down the stairs to the, to the bathroom and the building that they work or they're not walking to the coffee machine like their coffee machines next to them uh, and it's all these little things that compound into such a like lack of activity yeah um, they make a big difference and like general movement accounts for so many of the calories that you burn so much more so than you know, going to do a weight workout or whatever. And yeah. of course, there are other, there, there's loads of other benefits from training weights, not just for burning calories, but yeah. um, more people probably need to put an emphasis on what am I doing from a day to day, not just what am I doing for that one hour that I'm in the gym. Like, what I are you doing it. for the other and hours? As you were saying there, that, that expenditure, obviously, that 5% is going to vary. If you compared an ultra marathon runner to a, someone that runs a 5K on a Saturday, it's going to be so different. 
But yeah, um, yeah like a lot of people just put too much emphasis onto that. And there's, I've had people where they, have you had people before, mate, where they're like, how many calories did I burn in that session? You're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it does not matter. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah. and they're probably the people that are asking the questions about chapter 20 when they're only on their chapter one. And you're like, come on, man, like, just start taking action. Like, as you were talking about, we were talking about before, like counting your calories, like the power that that enables you to the understanding that you get about movement and energy balance just through doing that and tracking like your your weight, your your inches and stuff. And you're like, God, this is crazy. And then, then you start, that links back saying? to what you said. And that's, that's something that you can control. You can control how many calories that you consume and you can track it through something like MyFitnessPal fairly accurately nowadays. Like you can get it pretty accurate if you choose the right food sources. Whereas the problem with Fitbits and Apple Watches and all this stuff is they're not actually that accurate. So people are people are saying to me like, oh, "David, I'm like I'm consuming fifteen hundred calories, and my watch says I'm burning two and a half thousand. I'm in a thousand calorie deficit each day. Why am I not losing weight?" And they don't understand that one, they're not that accurate, and two, they're probably not working as hard as they think. Um, so I would always, if I was someone looking to lose fat, I would look, I would, I would look at calories consumed a lot more closely than calories burned and you also need to remember that calories burned varies so much from a day to day whereas if you can stay consistent with calories consumed and not you know you get a lot of people that eat back the calories that have burned so it just negates any any benefits that they've yeah. had and so if you're someone that on their my fitness pal is linked to their fitbit i would automatically unlink that right now yeah. um and go by a set calorie amount keep that the same amount on a daily basis and look to use that as your main variable for looking at um, data for um, achieving a deficit or achieving a surplus as well. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people it's like, and I'll, I know what you said there, mate, I'm totally in the same mindset of, I don't want to make everything about fat loss. And I think sometimes yeah. as a PT, you can bang on about it quite a bit. And then you're like, no, I want to get out of this mindset of it. And like, as I always, I always tell everyone, your calories are a ballpark. They're not an exact thing. Yeah. They are. They're, and they're yeah. always moving and stuff. But it's not until you actually do a little bit of tracking that you really understand that. And it is a bit like it can be a bit fucking hell. That's that seems like quite a lot of information and folks start worrying about macro splits and that you're like, no, get your head around calories first and then you yeah. can start looking at stuff like that down the line. But yeah, um sorry, yeah, yeah. Like that, we, that was the first question. We definitely went off and a few really good points there though, mate. Um but yeah, for sure. Um what I, I I worked out in Dubai on a US military base, well, just outside it for like four months and I went back and forth to Dubai. What was it like PT out there? Um, very different to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't actually do that much personal training out in Dubai because I kind of get caught and sucked into the Dubai lifestyle of just <laughs> brunches and stuff. And um, so that's that's the main reason I started online coaching because I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I could I couldn't pick up clients out there because I wasn't marketing myself right. I wasn't training that much. I wasn't really doing the things that you should be doing if you're trying to build a business. Um, so I played on the fact that I wanted to coach all my old clients from back home and I wanted to bring them online, started getting really good results with them online and then that scaled. I only ever coached four people in Dubai for a full year, four clients. Uh, don't get me wrong, they, they paid a premium, like they paid a lot. I think like the going rate was something like 90 quid an hour. Um, so like it was, you know, a premium rate, but no, I didn't actually coach that many people out in Dubai, but. When I was personal training, it was it was very different because a lot of people expect you to come to their gym. So it's you're a mobile personal trainer, and I, I hated that. Like hated it having to drive, you know, thirty minutes to train a client, and then drive forty minutes to get back to train another client, and then 
it was just a nightmare. You were kind of wasting. Yeah, you were like, oh, I'm making ninety pound an hour. But when you took into travel time and stuff, you were like, I'm probably making minimum wage here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like the year in Dubai was amazing. Like, I'm definitely gonna go back, and we've got a lot of plans out there for business as well. But personal training out there, I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Um. But I didn't also. I didn't put that much into it, so I can't really give you a great answer on that one. <laughs> That's all right. I, I feel like it's one of those things. You always hear people say things like, oh, man, you should go out to Dubai and PT. It's just like one of those like, pure cliche things. You're a PT. And it's yeah. like, oh, you're just going to go out there and just get like 20 high-paying clients. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to yeah. be like that. Like, um, no Very, one... And there's a lot of, there is a lot of great coaches in Dubai, um, but there's also more so than anywhere that I've ever been. There's more influencer coaches than anything there's more people that are just out there because they've got a good body no knowledge no passion to help people they're just in good shape so they pick up a lot of um clients based on that so i'd say it's very um it's a very pretentious place anyway but a yeah. lot of there, there, are, there are also a lot of very good trainers out there it's very saturated it's also not that big of a place if i'm being honest no, it's not you know it's very small you can get to one side to the other in an hour and 20 minutes like it's in fact probably less than that it's not a it's not a large place, so it's very, um, very saturated. All the trainers know each other. Um, loads of undercutting. There's loads of different cultures as well. Whereas in the UK, like UK trainers have got a very set mindset behind certain things, and most people share that same mindset. Whereas over there, you've got Saudi trainers, Filipinos, Americans, people from the UK, people from Europe, Asia. So it's very. There's a lot of different business personalities there as well. So it's an interesting place, though. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, when I went out there, it was we we were on a base. I only went into like Dubai a handful of times, but um, uh, it's an interesting place, man. It's very very muddy on yeah. there and tasty, doesn't it? Big time, yeah, I yeah a, definitely. I got a pint, a Guinness in a hotel, and it was ten pound. Mate, that's nothing. We paid. What was me? And my mate Dell went to the F one in Abu Dhabi. Two shots. I love how this is a fitness podcast. And like, how much was your beer? Um, <laughs> two shots. Two shots of tequila, two Coronas was 80 quid. It was 20 quid, I think. Um, absolutely. I remember getting that one round and I was like, what the, f like, this is nuts. I know. That was your hourly rate gone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, damn. <laughs> oh man, a quarter of my working week is gone in a fucking round. Oh, I love that. Wild. I love it. Being the Scottish. Money spend in yeah, Scotland. And, I mean, you look at Europe as well. You go to places like Prague, you can get a pint for 80 pence, it's insane. I know, mate. See, I love being Scottish and you just measure a place by how much a pint is. Like, totally, have you totally. been there before? That cost two pounds there. Yeah. But like, see, I've, I've, me and my friends have been, went, done the interrail two times across Europe and nice. I swear to God, we went to all the countries that everyone said that, oh, it's dirt cheap there. We would literally go there and still manage to hemorrhage cash. Like, just, like just, it doesn't yeah. matter where you go. If you're with your group of uh, mates, you're still just going to hemorrhage cash, man. <laughs> I think when you're in that travel mode anyway, you're like, eh, I'm going to spend it anyway. I may as well. Like you don't I have that. It's there to go. Limitation. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next point, mate. What's your obviously you've got that MTM brand, and I only, as I said, I only discovered um, Dale followed me, and I had Dale on the podcast two weeks ago. And then I seen obviously yeah. your brand and stuff, mate. It's, it's doing excellent, man, and it's a fantastic brand. So, what's your plans for the future with that? You said something about um, Dubai with that. What was your plans? Yeah, so MTN and in, in, in general, like our plan with that is just to scale and, and offer a premium level of online coaching. Like that's we don't do one to one coaching. Um, it's all online. So everything's online based. So we just plan on 
um, better than the service, firstly. Like, there's loads of plans to improve things, and things are great. Like, the, the systems that we have are really good, but there's a lot of room for improvement as well. So that's going to be the first plan is just increasing that. Um, secondly, we've got big plans on having scalable products, like, you know, buying nutrition-based products only, buying training-based products only, um, buying into separate email lists that's information on certain um, topics, things like that. Um, and then the last thing mentioned the buy, we're going to start running retreats as of next year. So um, we initially planned a fitness retreat in November this year, but obviously lockdown, COVID hit that, screwed up those plans. So our first retreat is March, first week in March um, 2021. Still to release details for that, but they're looking to be really busy. I think that's going to be two weeks. I'll be out there just to manage two different groups of people so that's that's really exciting um and just more challenges like this this year with the, the fatless project we gave away three and a half thousand pounds worth of cash prizes to the winners um plan for next year is to, to, to relaunch something like the fatless project to get a thousand people in uh, and give ten thousand pound away thousand pound to ten different people for you know the ultimate transformation the best results and things like that so that's somewhere that i'm quite excited to try and push the business to next next year certainly um, this year is all about just it's the first year in business it's all about just making improvements and, and putting the foundations in place so that 2021 can just be like an, an uphill scale to be honest no it's, it's it's class and I think I always tell people that I'm always talking to people like what's your goals and you have literally just laid me out a roadmap there of where it's going to be and see the people were more yeah. concise with what they actually wanted with health and fitness they would get it like you're, you're going to make mistakes on the way. Like see when you do what you're going to take action with, you might something, there might be a disaster happens. There might be, I don't, there's going to be mistakes, but you need to be willing to take risks. And if it's just yeah. saying that you're going to track your calories for two weeks, if it's literally saying that you're going to train to do the free peaks challenge, it's quite a, a 24 hour event, or it could be just climbing a mountain or running your first ever 5k or like, do you know what I mean? Like doing a photo shoot, like, you need to put yourself out there and roadmap it. Otherwise, it just it, it's you're not going to generate any traction. If you if I went watch your plans, David, and you went like that, well, I just want to get busy. That that's like someone yeah, just yeah. saying, I want to just I need to lose some weight. You wouldn't like if, yeah. if if you said that to me right now, everyone would be like, that sounds a bit silly. But David just said the that, that sounds like yeah. I think just I think like specificity and having that vision is like very important and yeah. you know and it's the same with things like what's your goals i want to make more money well how much because more money could be an extra 10 quid a week is that really going to benefit your life or i want to lose some weight well how much weight do you want to lose what do you want to look like you need to kind of delve into um specifics for the most part and the more specific you can get with a goal the more that you can then reverse engineer so for me and i'm saying march first week in march 2021 i'm going to to run a fitness retreat in Dubai that's fairly specific what I can do from then is going right well I've got a date I've got you know when I'm gonna go I know how many people I'm gonna take and it's like working backwards and thinking so how how much time do these people need to save um how many people can get on it how many um what gyms do I need to organize when I'm out there what activities do we need to organize do we need to organize hotels blah 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 and then if I was to say to you, I just want to run some fitness retreats. So like, well, where, when, like what's happening with it. So I think being specific is a very important thing with any goal. Even like my kind of biggest market is going to be fat loss clients. But for them to be more specific would be would be great. If they can say, well, by the end of this 12-week coaching block, I want to have lost two stone. I want to be deadlifting 100 kilo. And I want to be uh, running 5Ks in 10 minutes. Like if they're that specific, it's like, cool, we can actually work backwards from those goals rather than, Definitely. Uh, I want to lose 
want to lose some weight. It's like, okay, how much? I know, and it's, I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is they're not, it's the unspecificness. And then as a result of that unspecificness, there's no action, there's no plan. And then they're like, oh, I tried this and I tried that. And, and they're just dipping their toe in it. They're not even like fully committing. And you're like, when you compare it to like that business model that you just explained there, it's so, folk will probably resonate listening to that going, I do that. If you are listening and you're doing that right now, change it, have a plan, get a plan. <laughs> Speak to me and yeah. we'll sort you out. Um, yeah, so Definitely. Uh, moving on to our first sort of point of controversial fitness. We have been talking about a few points there that are a bit controversial, but the first main point is Boris Johnson has recently given the British government's view on tackling obesity. What's your views on their decisions and how would you tackle it, mate? I mean, I've been quite vocal on Instagram about this. And firstly, I'd like to state, because somebody that's much more into politics than me will comment on this or they'll message me some abuse. Uh, I don't follow the news that much. I don't follow politics that closely. It's not something I spend a lot of my time on. So anything that I do say that's not that accurate, um, just be aware of that. Uh, but no, I, I just think it's I think it's ludicrous. I think it's crazy. And a big, a big aspect of that is, yes, that I work in the fitness industry and gyms aren't open. But I just generally think it's so backwards. Like, I, I can't really understand where where the point of views came from with anything. So they've decided not to open gyms, which I understand if the reason being is the spread of um, the spread of COVID. I get that. But if that's the case, keep everything else shut. And I don't want everything else shut either. I would rather everything opened, if I'm being honest. But to prioritise opening pubs over opening gyms, like... It just makes no sense, you know. Um, alcohol in general lowers your immune system. Training in general increases your immune system. The two things people need, or the, the thing people need most for battling COVID is a strong immune system. Um, and cooking up everyone inside is not going to help with that. And not allowing people to go to the gym. I mean, the gym for a lot of people is not just, oh, I want to go and get a, a pair of biceps. It is that mental escape. It's that changing environment. It's a social um, thing for a lot of people as well. So... Um, I think it's just ludicrous, and the, the main reason being is going to be because the tax paid on alcohol is, you know, significantly higher than the tax paid in fitness industries and gyms. Um, so, I think that's crazy. I think the whole eat out to help out thing is just crazy as well because it's just so against everything that he's trying to say. So last week he was talking about introducing food labeling for um, restaurants, and this week it's like you can go and you can get half price chicken nuggets, and you can go and get half price cheeseburger. And, I just, I'm just baffled by what their thought process is on the fact that, you know, pubs can open, alcohol's not good for obesity in the slightest. Alcohol, in my opinion, and pubs, I was in a pub at the weekend, they had no social distancing in order, they had nothing in order, they had no hand sanitizers out, I've no idea how they actually managed to open. Um, but places like gyms are going to be heavily regulated, there's going to be track and trace, there's going to be hand sanitizers everywhere, there's going to be more staff on deck. And let's be honest, gym goers are more health conscious than regular pub goers. So they're generally going to take more care of their health anyway. So no, I just, I've rambled a bit there. Uh, I just think it's, I think it's crazy. Like, I, um, crazy. I think like, one of the main things as well, I know you probably would have meant to mention it there, is people's inhibitions go when they're bevying as well. You totally, like I was, in the, I was in the pub the other week as well. And immediately like when you're walking to the toilet, you're talking to people that you haven't seen in a while social distancing is just gone, but you're steaming. Yeah. You're steaming. And like, yeah. like, are you, like, there's no rule on that. I've, personally, 
I think, like, I know that, again, mate, do you know what I was, I was going to literally mention exactly what you said as well? I don't watch the news. And some people may yeah. be like, that's shocking. Do you know why I don't watch the news? What hasn't changed since the beginning of lockdown? The fucking rules are still the same. Keep social. Yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. a virus. Like, be aware. Stay alert. That's all it is. And initially, it was stay at home. It's, it's slightly changed. The virus, they haven't got a vaccine. They haven't got, like, the, the, the track and trace is probably flawed as well. And the, the yeah. testing isn't 100% accurate either. But when you yeah. go outside, you see people that they genuinely don't believe. Like, I've spoken to a lot of people. It's as if they don't believe it's a thing. Like, they've genuinely... But yeah. this happens with health and fitness as well. People forget that things that drove them to success in the first place. People start getting hung up in the data. Oh, only this many people died. You're like, what about all the pe- other people that have got absolutely fucked lungs? What about the people that are maybe put into induced comas that have got, um, that they could be at risk of the organs are damaged, all these other things? What about the family members of all those people that died? People have just went, oh, only this many people died and this happened there. And I think like, that's the, a lot of people, like you see it in health and fitness, people go, I used to be dead fit. I used to be dead strong. I lost that weight. Why have I put it back on? Well, what aren't you doing now that you were doing back then and all of that? Or, yeah. Well, I'm not doing those things. I'm like, well, you've just answered your own question. Like when people say, yeah. like, I used to be, I used to be dead lean when I was at school. I could eat anything. I was like, you were doing about fucking fifteen thousand steps a day and playing fucking twenty games of footy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. You always, you always meet a guy in the pub that's like, I used to do a bit of the boxing. I used to do a bit of the weights. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's, I you think. I always, be, I always wind my dad up. He's always talking to me about, like, I'm not, like, in any way a talented runner or anything like that. I like running and I like doing endurance feats. I like doing, like, like my, my fastest 5K is, like, 19.10. By any means, it's not crazy fast, but it's, like, I enjoy it. And then my dad yeah. talks to me and he goes, when I done this when I was younger, and I'm like, when did you do that? Like, I train all the time. He'll <laughs> kill me for <laughs> And he's, like, telling me that he'd, he'd done this stuff. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like you didn't do that, but like, like I know I love it. Yeah. You you meet people in the like that like when you somebody like you probably get it if someone's chatting to you in a pub or something like what you what'd you do, mate? I'm a personal trainer. I used to do this and that, and all of a sudden they they're a personal trainer, man. But um, yeah. I know that is one of the things you get in the pub. And when I went to the pub the other week, you don't really miss it as well. But it's 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 just folk always inquiring no. about personal training when you're wrecked. <laughs> always, you're like here's my card, phone me in the morning, but it never happens. <laughs> I've no, I think like go back, going back to the point. I just think, um, yeah, like as you, as you know, if you're out at the weekend, you'll know that pubs and stuff. Like you, you mentioned that a minute ago. Like your 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 inhibitions or your inability to make good decisions is severely hampered when you're drunk. Like look at the food that you eat when you're hungover. You never crave a salad, chicken salad. <laughs> like it's Domino's, it's a Chinese, it's whatever it is. Um, and it's it's the same really alcohol like as soon as that goes out the window your mate comes in that you've not seen in 15 weeks oh how you doing mate like you're not going to go oh sorry mate like give him an elbow like you're going to shake his hand like you're going to actually greet him like a fairly normal person um, whereas you know they, they should have done it the other way about in my opinion they should have opened fitness facilities and, and tested how things went and then went Do you know what like if these people that are sensible and that are going to the gym they're going to wash their hands they're going to clean equipment if they can you know not spread corona then yeah maybe we'll open restaurants and pubs now and see how that goes um but i just i just think there's so many different rules for so many different places so you can go into you can go into a supermarket and you need to wear a face mask like you need to but i was out all weekend in three different restaurants three different pubs 
didn't need to wear a face mask once. I was in much closer contact with the people in the restaurant than I would have been with somebody in Asda or Tesco. I just, I, I physically don't understand the the thought process behind things. Um, it just, it makes no sense. And, you know, maybe there's loads of data that I've not seen on risk in gyms and um, lack of risk in pubs, but I really don't think that's the case. The other thing is the weekend, they open bingo halls. Bingo halls, where the oldest, most vulnerable people go to socialise. What the fuck? Like, it, it, it honestly just makes no sense. Um, no, I can't, I can't really get my head around it. And I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists, but there's, there's definitely a lot more to it that we don't know. Um, they're, they're covering something. I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna put my tinfoil hat on, but um, <laughs> there's, there's some, there's some stuff going on that's not been talked about, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, and it's. I think like, but I'm not like I'm. I'm no way at all like shaming Boris Johnson and that. But he's not into fitness. Like he, the guy's not. No. Like he's the, and, and I know that he'll have advisors, but how how into fitness and health are these politicians that are deciding this? Like, yeah. are they, is that a priority in their lifestyle? And I suppose it's like me and Dale were chatting about this on like saying a voice note. We were talking about basically like spoke about it in the last podcast as well, that people are very quick to do things like medicate and stuff. Um, and doctors are very fast to maybe push people onto like a medication when that person is probably not even, they've probably got stress in their life that they don't know how they're dealing with. And I suppose it's right now the same as the British government are trying to advise on things that they don't truly know. Like talking about yeah. generally how, how to tackle obesity when they don't know how to tackle obesity. They're in a room talking about it, yeah. but none of them know how to do it. They have a, a, a yeah. understanding that calories are a, a fundamental, that, but they don't know it. They, they think like maybe, like, I don't know, like there's 100 people in the room and maybe 10 of them have probably got Weight Watchers and Slimming World and they think that certain foods are bad and they're sitting there exactly. then deciding the fate of the British the British um, public. Do you know what I mean? Like what, what happens here? Um, yeah. I don't know if you're similar to me in the sense that I struggle to take advice from someone that's not achieved what they're giving advice on. So... If I wanted to make more money and I wanted to invest in a business coach, which I've actually done recently, I worked with Mark Coles, I would only have worked with him because I've seen the success that he's had. Whereas, um, you know, if Joe Bloggs, trainer from Glasgow down the road, started putting out business coaching, nobody knows who he is. He's not, you know, doing that well financially. I'm not going to go to that person and take financial advice from him. And it's the same when you look at, like, I'm not saying just Boris Johnson, but when you look at the government on the whole, like how many of those people are fit and healthy? How many people, even how many of those advise, of the advisors that are much more heavily involved in health and fitness, how many of them are in good shape? And it's the same with selecting a personal trainer. You're not going to go to the personal trainer that's out of shape. You're yeah. not going to go to, you know, the, the tattoo artist. It's always one of these things personal trainers say, but you're not going to go to the tattoo artist with bad tattoos or the hairdresser with bad hair or whatever. Um, so I, I always struggle when I hear Boris Johnson talking, because he's he done this, he, I think it was an Instagram live TV video I watched, like Boris Johnson put up. Um, and like, he was walking about and he'd he done his runner, done his walk in the morning. And then he, he comes on camera and he goes, I, I like to exercise first thing in the morning because I hate it and it gets the worst part of my day out of the way. That's pretty much what he said. And it's like, mate, you're, you're trying to encourage people to be fit and healthy. Maybe talk about the benefits other than I get it out of the way because I don't enjoy it. Um, so it's just it's simple things like that. that I, I, just, I don't know. The guy's a bit of a moron when it comes to things like that. And as a public speaker, like something I'd never want to do or feel like I could do well, but he is dreadful at public speaking. He is just awful. And Nicola Sturgeon is 
as much as plenty of things from both of them I don't agree with. She's an amazing speaker. Like, she is great. She gets her point across. She's, like, eloquent. She says things in a nice way. And he's... I just struggle to take any, anything he says seriously. Like, it's, it's mind-blowing. I think that is a big part. You have to have that element of respect for someone, don't you, to, to really listen to them and take it serious. Um, but unfortunately, they're the, the people with the, the massive speakers right now that everyone's listening to. So, um, and, then, yeah. so and I know that you've got a strong following on Instagram and stuff, but even it's it's small compared to what these uh, people are saying. It's like yeah. nothing. It's like absolutely nothing. It's like, and it, and like mine is even more than that. Mine is 10% of yours. And it's like, how, how are we even meant to get that message across there? So as it it's hard, it's, it is a difficult one, but um, yeah, it's, it's what I would, what I would probably say, say from a young age, people need to be better educated on general energy balance. They need to be educated about the importance yeah. of movement. They need to be educated that exercise isn't the primary driver. However, you need to obviously, it, it, needs, it needs to be regular and consistent to make any kind of progress. Yeah. Just things like telling children about progressive overload, like because I think that's yeah. overlooked. Like, do you know what I mean like even me? Yeah, it's like it's lifestyle factors. It's it's not just um like I mean I'd love to get into schools and educate them on. Oh, actually, I wouldn't. I don't really enjoy speaking to kids, but um I'd love to. I'd love for the education system to be more geared towards you know cat like energy balance, calories, benefits of certain styles of training versus others and this kind of stuff. Um, but it's just it's just not set up. You're you're set up to fail from school from that point of view and don't get me wrong there's some amazing te- teachers and PE and home ec that probably drive home a lot of these factors but it's a very small percentage of people um, and there's not there's not enough importance put on lifestyle rather than just you know everyone knows what healthy foods are like I could ask my 12 year old nephew to, to list off 10 healthy foods that doesn't mean he wants to eat them you almost need to you need to show them the lifestyle factors that are going to lead to a better quality of life and yeah. physical empowerment is one of them and this is what I say to a lot of people like better in your body and better in your health is going to have a knock-on effect in every single aspect of your life from relationships yeah. to finance to business to studies because it's they're, they're all tied into each other and having success in one area quite often leads to another like if you can empower one area of your life usually a lot of them compound yeah. from that from that area. physical empowerment is such an important one because it leads to mental empowerment and you know how good it feels to feel in good shape and right now I'm not in my best shape and I know mentally I'm then not in my best shape because I don't feel on top of my game yeah no and it's um, it's there's so many different working parts however um, exercise like you take away that cog and it can massively it's, it's probably even though we're talking about it, it may only turn 5% of your average person's total expenditure for the day forget expenditure yeah. It drives so many other working parts. It drives yeah. like your confidence. That like you were saying that there, like you're not in the same shape that what you would usually be in a gym. That will have an effect on your mental health. Like like you feel a bit exactly. like you feel your self esteem feeling a wee bit lower than usual. You might not feel as you want to vocalize yourself as much on camera because and it's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not just trying yep. to get here. Like this is how you feel. <laughs> but like all these things, like you take away exercise, and that's what a lot of people have experienced. However. As coaches, we'd always try to tell people that like, look at all these lifestyle things. And I think like going back to Boris Johnson there, these politicians, like obviously we're sitting like giving a bit of filters, they have got a difficult job. I couldn't do that. That is a fucking oh, job. And yeah. the stress they deal with in their life, like they're not equipped to handle that stress. Like maybe like we were talking about, I'm not again, I'm not shaming Boris Johnson, but he's a wee bit more overweight in that. And it's he lives a very stressful lifestyle. And I can imagine there'll be yeah. a lot of so a social aspect to it. Like he has to go for drinks and dinners and and it's like and yeah. he's also working and 
his priority, he so him even stating that exercise, oh, it's, it's the worst part of my day, he thinks that that's the only thing he needs to change. But he would yeah. obviously massively benefit from improved sleep, probably better hydration, better nutritional choices, but he, he doesn't know that. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. coaches, we're trying to teach people to like, and it, it's, it's like someone saying, oh, I've got really bad anxiety, and then you're just going, oh, I exercise, that'll help it. It's not going to... Uh, it's the compound effect and it's changing all the different working yeah. parts and as a result of I think it's what we say, sorry mate. It's probably quite easy. It's probably quite easy for us to sit here and like I mean I'm I'm the world's worst for like bad mouth people, but it's probably easy for us to sit and say, Ah, but Boris doesn't know this about health and fitness. But to be honest, it's not his area of expertise. No, it's he kinda he isn't he isn't expected to, but in my opinion he needs to do more to outsource the people that are. Yeah. Um and I, I put up a daft post and I said what we should really do to solve obesity is get the 50 best, you know, um, weight loss management, obesity specialists in the UK, get them together in a room and get 50 fitfluencers, like all these people in a room, and get them to actually start making content based on what will help people. And I mean, it's never going to happen, and it was a bit of a daft, you know, unrealistic thing to say, but that would have more of an effect because people listen to, you know, those off Terry and those off Geordie Shore and those off... Love Island more so than they do politicians, partly because when you look at them, they go, well, they're in great shape. Boris is in bad shape. I'm going to listen to them. One of them selling you juice diets, and Boris Johnson's just generally not got a clue when it comes to health and fitness. And I don't expect them to. Like, I've got zero clue when it comes to politics. So somebody yeah, can come yeah. on this, you know, do a, do a podcast on how little I know about politics or uh, economics and you know my knowledge on it's next to none but my knowledge in health and fitness is high so it's easy i suppose for us to sit and yeah, you know no, say yeah, they should yeah. be doing that but that's just based on the area of expertise that we've got um but i mean yeah like you said i would not i wouldn't want their job i don't think i could do a better job um i'm certainly not going to try and do their job um <laughs> but yeah there's, there's certainly things that they can do or that they should be outsourcing to people that are more qualified in my opinion and I, th I think it's a, a rule that I always like remember from the book Chimp Paradox is the one in five room rule. Like you're, like you're never going to please everyone and one out of five people is just going to dislike you. And I think like if you compare that to the full population of the UK and you're like, you've got one fifth of the UK is probably going to hate you, probably even more than that because, and I think, yeah, like I'm not sitting there and I'm not trying to put them down. It's just obviously I think some recent decisions could have been better made if they genuinely seeked out an actual health and fitness guru and maybe got them there, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, and really went, like, yeah. and I think, like, that some of the best sort of fitness influencers, people that have done really, really not influencers, like, influencers, actual people that know what they're talking about, have yeah. done really well because they're very outspoken. Look at James Smith. Um, he's yeah. obviously, like, but, again, he's probably not good for TV because he's too honest. No. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that's the things. But if they genuinely get someone like him, and a few other sort of moguls and the sort of thing that could that could like, yeah. listen to them. That's why I listen to them. That's why a lot of people, that's why they've got strong followings. Like, um, but sometimes the truth doesn't sound nice, man. And I think sometimes you just need to be willing to look in the mirror and rip yourself to bits, man. <laughs> you need to just yeah. like, yeah, I'm not entitled here. I'm definitely, I need to sort something out here. Yeah, um, moving on to the next point, mate, because we definitely spent a lot of time that one. That was good, though. A lot of the fitness industry is very focused on aesthetics, comparing themselves to other people. This can create a, quite a bit of a complex. What, what three things would you tell someone that's completely new to training? Because we're going to be getting a lot of new people entering the gym, and we're going to get a lot of people that's going to be returning to the gym. So what three things would you tell them, mate, to focus on? 
So new to training and, you know, generally at, like starting your fitness journey, I would say the biggest thing is probably to not not believe everything that you read online and not buy into um, every single thing that you see. Um, I think it's very important to seek out valid sources for information. And that's so hard to do, if I'm being honest, because, I mean, somebody that's completely new to the gym, they could follow someone like me, who's, you know, pretty much everything I say is backed by science to some extent, or then they could follow someone that maybe promotes Herbalife. And how do they know what's right and wrong? It's very hard to decipher through the bullshit sometimes. So I would say be careful about what sources that you follow. Um, do a lot of research behind things before you just dive into some program. Um, and you start doing that side of things, and yeah, generally just don't don't see and believe everything you you, you see and read on Instagram as well. Like you mentioned a minute ago about the industry being geared towards aesthetics and how people look. Um, don't believe all the photos that you see. The majority of these that have you know touch ups, they've got filters on them, they've got lighting, they've got camera um, special effects, and you know like everything. So um, be aware that a lot of the stuff you see is maybe exaggerated and it's, it's people living their best life, as they say. Um, so I'd say, I'd say that's the, probably the most important thing is probably pick your sources of content and information carefully. Um, try and follow the right people. How you do that, I can't really, I can't really say, like, here's a list of 15 people. Um, just follow and coach it. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's, it's hard to decipher through who's great, who's not great. Um, so that would be my, my first point. Um, second one's probably I've written these down. It's probably it's, it's kind of similar, but like focus on making progress. Don't focus on being perfect. And now you, I think you said this at the start of this podcast that a lot of people are very much all or nothing. They're either on a diet and they're training hard, or they're you know on the sofa and eating hard. Um, there's never an in between point. And focus on just that little bit of progress, whether that's in the gym or with your nutrition. You know, whether it's adding 1.25 kilo every week or, you know, tracking an extra day worth of calories, focus on just doing everything a little bit better rather than getting stressed out that you're not nailing everything. Because it's very easy to find all this information and go, right, okay, so I need to weight train four days a week. I need to get eight hours sleep. I need to um, lower my stress levels. I need to count my calories. I need to hit my protein. I need to hit my fiber. Um, I need to drink four liters of water. And it's like, people then get caught up and if they've not achieved all eight of those factors or whatever it was, they get a bit down and they get hard on themselves and they feel guilty. Whereas what they should be looking to do is, is, is basically saying, did I do this better than I did last week? And if the answer is yes, you're, you're, you'll do incredibly well. If you got 1% better over you know a full year, you're going to be 50% plus better by the end of that year. And that's, that's a huge amount. Um, so yeah, focus on progress, not, not perfection. You're never going to do everything right. Focus on the things that you can do um, consistently. And the last one's more geared towards training. I just wrote recovery is just as important as actually training. Obviously, you mentioned training specifically, but I know when I first started training, I was doing double sessions. I was training arms in the morning and shoulders at night and doing all these mad things. But when it comes to building muscle, you build muscle when you're resting. You don't build muscle when you're in the gym. If anything, when you're in the gym, you're tearing muscle. You're creating micro tears within each muscle so that when you go home, you sleep enough, you eat enough protein, you get enough calories, that's when you're building muscle. So focus on recovery just as much as training. I would probably say for every two training days you do, you should have one recovery day. Yeah. Um, that's most of my clients and most of my own programs, two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, two days on, uh, and one day off. So, focus on recovery as well 
Yeah, no, they're great points, mate. I think that one, I've actually wrote up, I'm going to create a video later on this week and it's talking about, um, I can't even remember, it's like five mistakes or something that I've learned working in. I've just, I worked in a commercial gym for three years and I've just literally changed right. my gym now. Um, and it's more of an industrial size one. Um, so it's not obviously a big, massive commercial facility. And one of the biggest mistakes I see people do is that they're, they're training an unnecessary amount, like an absolute unnecessary amount and i think that's that all enough and you've got people that are coming and they're saying they're doing more than what they are and they're not but then you've got other people that are they're double training they're doing all this stuff and i think one of the biggest eye openers for people is we talked a lot about tracking your calories and it's not a diet it's just learning how to modify your life and your body composition surrounding your life tracking your training yeah. is just as big an eye opener to tracking your calories like having a yeah. look and doing it and, and like tracking or using an app on your phone or writing it in your notes is probably one of the biggest eye openers that I had like a good few, like a good probably about five years ago when I really started yeah. doing it. And I think guys unknowingly track their progression because they have an ego. So if you go and train with your mates, start off with chest day, bench press, you know what you lifted. So that's it. Whereas all the rest of the sets and the reps, you don't really, it was maybe one or two things that you track, your incline bench and your flat bench. And then for deadlifts, that was it. So guys tend to have this more naturally than girls that they, they come in because yeah. their ego drives it, they unknowingly track. However, I started, when, this was when I, when I really started to notice this was a good few years ago, I really took my foot off the gas with resistance training. I still resistance train every week um, for just bodybuilding style training. I do it at least twice a week just to keep my shape, but I do CrossFit and I run a lot as well and I've, I'm currently cycling and stuff as well. And I remember when yeah. I really started uh, messing about with my recovery, messing about with my splits, and I'm mostly trained full body now. Purely, well, we're doing them in the gym right now. I've been changing it up because I'm doing all this stuff as well. But um, and I started really tracking, and I was only focused on doing big compounds. And it, it wasn't that you need to do that. And I started to realize that how much bang for your buck you can get when you really, when you really get into tracking your training. And I'd see people in the yeah. gym, they're like, oh, I'm coming in to train arms later tonight. And I'd be like, what are you, like, I, obviously I see it working in a commercial gym. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're in, and they're doing all these mad fancy Zercher curls and fucking up at the cables, yeah. like, going up, pulling them in, like doing, all right, this one. And you hear folk like, oh, have you tried this chest press, man? It gets a really good squeeze in your chest. And you start to realize that, like, movement is movement. You can only push a pull in so many different directions. <laughs> but as you said, recovery yeah. Adequate training and progressive overload are fucking essential for making progress in the gym, and not just weight weights like running, like uh, yeah, cycling, like everything, everything. And the folks don't do it. It's so why all these um, thirty day ab challenge, fifty day squat challenge, they make no sense. That the only thing they do well is they do use progressive overloads. Day one, ten squats. Day two, twenty squats. Day three, thirty squats. Mm -hmm. Right, okay, that's fine. There's a bit of progressive overload in there, but there's zero recovery. Um, and yeah, like these things just baffle me. But um, you you do you do need recovery, and that's why you, you you mentioned full body splits. Full body splits are so they're becoming very popular, which is great. I think they're they're one of the best styles of training, um, because they allow they allow you to accumulate a lot of volume across three four different muscle groups three four times a week. Um, which you know you, you're going to accumulate more volume, you're going to adequately get more rest, and then you're going to get better results. To be honest, um, I wish I started doing full body sessions when I first started training like I was a classic like chest Mondays legs Tuesdays shoulders Wednesdays back Thursdays um and that was always how I trained but I know for a fact if I if I back in the day you know trained four times a week 
mostly full body and had three rest days a week, I'd probably have seen much better results. Yeah, and uh, I talked about that in a post recently. I used to train six days a week and I probably could have got the same progress in free. Um, yeah. And that's like, it's all this junk volume. It's all unnecessary, untracked, just pure unnecessary volume and you don't need to do it. And I think this is the thing. It's just learning how to do that. But like, a session for me now when I'm in the gym, just before when I was, now things have changed with goals and stuff, but I was... I genuinely, I would train weights twice a week and I would finish off with a bit of a Metcon workout. I'd go up and work in the rower, um, a sort of like any, any bike or like some sort of sprinting with maybe like some pull-ups or I don't know, like whatever it was. But yeah. my workout would genuinely be like deadlifts, leg press, bench press, five sets. And I would be obviously whatever the rep range, I might change it up each week, but I'd be tracking and looking what I was doing. And I used to be under the illusion that a really advanced program would have been like hundreds of stuff. But you start to realize yeah. that most advanced programs are so basic, but it's the execution yeah. and it's the understanding of uh, progressive overload, how to make adaptations, exercise selection for your, not body type, but someone might fucking get absolutely tasked under doing a back squat. So why would you put back squat yeah. on the program? They might be like, do three yeah. sets and be like, they're, they're just absolutely fried after it, man. And you're like, cool, let's not do that then. Whereas people are like, no, you need to back squat. And I'm like, you don't need to do anything. You need to just yeah, exactly. you just have like see the principles. It's the same as like fat loss when people say like, oh, you need to do this and this, and you're like, well, the principle is the, the energy deficit, calorie deficit. It's the same as fat loss. Yeah. The principles are progressive overload, tension, stress, how you choose to apply them, and obviously recovery as well, nutrition. It's it's how you choose to apply them is it doesn't matter about like I think when I was at school it was all this rep range is this, and you're like, well. It's not. It's like the mechanics, but like you can't just say it's a rep range you work in to build muscle. It's like there's principles, and if yeah. you adhere to the principles, you build muscle. Yeah. And the, it's the adequate stimulus that you use because you can get a very similar result from doing five sets of five as you can from doing five sets of 15. Obviously, the weight's going to be dependent and the weight's going to change, but you can get a very similar result through doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as like you should always be trying to get everyone goes all oh, like strength training is between one and six rep ranges well no because you can get strong across a multitude of rep ranges like doing sets of 50 but trying to increase the weight every week as you're getting stronger at sets of 50 so it's still a it's still a method of strength training yeah um it's just higher rep strength training so i think that's important it's yeah even if your goal is to get stronger sorry we're tangent here but if your goal is to get stronger like about think about getting stronger not just within your one and your three rep max like what's your 15 rep max what's your 20 rep max um and getting stronger across like a multitude of rep ranges and i think yeah people we have a a, a sort of problem with just labeling things and brett Contreras mentioned this in his book like in america they call like weight training strength training whereas in the uk we class strength training as powerlifting or weightlifting yeah in america and i think that gets lost in transition sometimes whereas i genuinely just call weight training strength training like you are getting stronger i think one of the things yeah. that really really taught me that um was uh, like as you were saying we're going off on a tangent but it's completely valid mate like um the one of the things that really taught me about like you can't over define something was going to do crossfit and they're like right what's your what's your eight rep max and you would implement that into a workout and you're like fucking hanging at your ass, but you actually execute a really good set of eight. And then you go, how come I was, like, you just start questioning, like, the certain laws and principles behind things. And you're like, yeah. don't overthink it, just do it. And I think, like, it's just one of those things that the more you do something, 
the more it just snowballs and the more you just go, I totally get that now. And they're obviously, yeah. the principles are always there, but don't get so caught up on the exercise, the rep range, like the tool that you implement, it's the yeah. principles. And that's what I always tell all my clients in that as well. It's like, don't, there's no, um, again, quoting Brett Contreras as well, like um, muscle building and physique development isn't an, uh, it's not an exact science, it's an art form. Um, and it's like yeah. one that you can't, you just simply cannot define. You can't just say, this is what you need to do. Um, do you know what I mean? So, um, but again, we did tangent off, but it's a completely valid point because so many people want to get physique adaptations. And I think people need to know more about this as well. But um, it's definitely, yeah. I, I think it's a podcast that will definitely do, talking the sort of in-depth about muscle building. Because I don't think a, yeah. like, a lot of folk think they're chasing. Like, I used to think I knew everything about weight training. And like now I look back and I'm like, God, I'm still learning so much about it and I'm way more clued up than what I was. And I think that's the, it's not that I'm trying to overcomplicate it, but so many folk get so caught up in like the, certain things. But again, we'll move on to the next point, mate, because uh, we're going, going off and one, turn it into a muscle building uh, podcast. So um, a lot is what we'll move on to there. What's your thoughts on it being mandatory to put the value of food on packaging? So the calorie value on food, what's your thoughts on it? Um, I've not really got, I wouldn't have said I've got a very strong opinion on this because I think it's so dependent on the type of person. Um, so like, there's a lot of different types of people, people like me that have got, got a good understanding of calorie intake, have got a very healthy relationship with food. I think it would be one of the best things ever. It would allow you to eat out in more restaurants, folks, you know, making better decisions. Um, it would allow your clients to do the same. It would allow you to, you know, just make more educated decisions based on eating out because a lot of time for people that are dieting, they kind of get in their head that they can't eat out because they don't know the exact calories. Whereas if you've got enough experience, like I do, I roughly know if I'm going out for a steak, I'm going to track this amount, I'm going to track this, I'm going to track this, and I'm going to track this. If I'm going out for pizza, I'm roughly going to track this. Um, so I've got a very good understanding on that, but you need to look at that from up, like most people don't have that understanding. So for me, it would benefit me massively. For someone that's, suffering or could perhaps suffer from an eating disorder it's probably going to put them off eating out um in the sense that they're going to have to see the calories and everything that, that, that they're going to consume and if they're already worried about their weight or they're already you know really consumed their, their minds are already really consumed with calorie intake and eating too much or eating too little i think it would have a negative benefit um we touched on this but i think for obese people i don't feel it would have much of a difference i don't feel it would make much of a change because realistically they know that the food they're eating is not benefiting them they know that a kfc is 12 1500 calories they know alex one of the coaches at mtn put in the put in the chat last night they had a five guys all he had was a burger fries and shake 2800 calories so but alex alex went knowing that he was probably going to consume about that and it's the same with obese people they they know the calories and things they know what good and bad food sources are so i don't feel it would um positively or negatively affect them that much if i'm being honest yeah. the people that are gonna kind of, i love all those three kind of people um would be those that are kind of getting educated surrounded calories so maybe clients at the start of their journey and i think it would benefit a lot of them but it could also go the other way and it could it could lead to an eating disorder um but i don't know i think what i mean my solution that i've posted on, on social media was have all of the calories available for people to look up on their phone. They don't need to be mandatory on the menu. I don't think that makes a difference. Give people, I mean, there could be two menus. One's get the calories, one doesn't. And if people want them, they can have them. I think they should always have the choice. 
Um, and I think it would make companies and, you know, people that eat at these restaurants a lot more aware of things. I don't think it would fix the problem. I don't, I, I really don't know if it would help that much. No, what do you I think? Know. I think it's like, like, as you said, that idea with the menus, a really good idea, idea. It's like being abroad and you go into a restaurant and like, do you want to sit smoking or non-smoking? It's literally yeah. just like that. And that's all it is. And um, there is actually, if you didn't know already, I mean, there's an app called Nutrifix. And uh, actually, right. it's not every, but like, you know, most chains like Nando's, like Pizza Express, McDonald's, you can literally go on and look up the value of food. So if anyone is listening and you are like doing any sort of cut and Nutrifix, I think it's called, um, there'll, there'll be other ones as well. But yeah, I think that'd be a much better idea. Like maybe advertising in the restaurant that on this app, you could get access to well like just like anything else i suppose but i don't yep. really think it's helping people with eating disorders i don't really i, I don't I, I don't think that's something that's spoken about enough i think that people often just dress up an eating disorder as something is the end product of someone being really really skinny and you're like it's not it's the battle in the head with um the relationship with food and i don't think we are qualified enough to you, you, when you do your yep. you learn about anorexia anorexia nervosa and bulimia and you're like it's like a page it's not like, and you don't yeah. know anything about it. And I think then getting someone to go out is, you're just not, it's not helping anything at all. It's really, really not. And so many people suffer in the UK from it and people don't even know. And like, I think when you speak to a lot of clients and stuff and you have had it as well, and people probably have the traits of that they have a, an eating disorder and you, you don't even, you don't even realize the stuff as well. So it is, it's a, it is a hard one, but I think what you said, having another menu available or having the choice to go onto an app to look at it or something would be a really good idea. And, and then that obviously keeps everyone happy. It doesn't make it a mandatory. Because if someone's overweight, like they go like this. I always say, see when people go like, I know what I need to do, but I don't do it. That's like me saying, I know yeah. how to be a millionaire, but I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you're like, that's just an absolute it's nonsense. You don't know what you need to do. You obviously, you need some guidance. Yeah. Like otherwise you would be doing it. Like people always say things like that as like, oh, you don't. Not even the, the, the guidance factor it's just the fact that it's not enough of a pain point for people because it's the same you, like I, I, I agree with what you're saying to an extent but it could also be the sense that like i like i'm not that lean right now i'm not in the best shape and i know how to get there so for me it's values mate that's yeah, what i always say you're, you're definitely right they, they don't value it enough and it's the same with like realistically both of us could probably become millionaires in the next five years if we implemented everything that we know about finance, business, and making money, but we, we don't because we probably value other things more. Like we value social life, we value, you know, a work-life balance. We value, and it's the same with like physical goals. Like I could be in very good shape right now because I have been in the past. I've got the knowledge. Right now, it's not priority up there with my value. And and it's the same with it's the same with overweight people. I really really want to lose weight. Mm, you probably don't because if you really like the people that really want to achieve it that's what i say the people that really want it can always achieve it because they reach out to the right people because they've they've had a pain point that makes it their strongest value it's above family it's above friends it's above making money it's above relationships and it, that's when they achieve it um, and it's when those values change that you know you, you can all you, you've only ever got you know three things in my opinion that you really value and everything else is a wee bit out of the way and those values change throughout life anyway um you know if i had a kid right now my, my number one value i presume would be my, my kid um i don't have a kid so you know family's maybe not that high in my value list right now whereas finances and health and, and business would be a higher value for me so yeah. um yeah 
it's a, it's a tough one. A lot of the time, it is. It's just down to what people really, really value. To be honest. Yeah, and like, and I've had people in the past where they've came and they're banging their head off the wall, but and you're sitting going, it's not at the top of your list of priorities right now. And I've actually yeah. just I said it to them, and I'm like, it's not that you don't want to do it. Like you think it's maybe down the bottom. You're maybe in a job where you're unhappy. You're maybe in a relationship that you're unhappy in. You're maybe there's loads of different things and at that point in time it's not a priority but it's just try to teach yourself because like, you, you can't take on too much at once you need to learn how to manage it properly but yeah um yeah. that was a, a really good point there on that good discussion point and then last point mate and that'll be us we can wrap it up lockdown has highlighted a lot of negatives and positives what one thing would you tell people uh, to stop doing and what positives uh, has it highlighted for you so obviously that was a bit of a scramble there so what would you tell people to stop doing and what has it really done for you? Uh, this is a, this is one where I'm a complete hypocrite, to be honest. Um, my, my, like my, my thing that I think has the biggest effect on people, kind of two things, but spending less time on social media and spending more time outside. Um, I've certainly spent more time outside. I've been out walking more. I've done more kind of outdoorsy things. I've probably not spent less time on social media, but... Um, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest one. The, the days that I have spent away from social media have benefited massively and certainly something I've been bad at as in prioritising spending time on social media over spending time with friends or family or, you know, implementing things. I do waste a lot of time on it. Um, I think it's hard as a business owner that runs a lot of his business through social media not to get caught up on it uh, and to almost justify the amount of time that you spend on it, even if it's not being productive um and for most people that don't run a business through social media like spend less time on it unless you're following accounts that really you know benefit you and they, they really bring something to your life and try and spend a, a, lot, a lot less time on it like my I, i'm two hours a day on instagram sometimes and i just think that's wild like that is far too much um to be spending on that and i think like walking get out walking more um I've been out walking more than ever over lockdown and it's something that I want to keep within my, my lifestyle. Like I drive everywhere, but I think, you know, walk a bit more. It's, it's easier said than done because it's not horrendous weather right now, but when the when the wind, when the the wind winter comes in, I think that might be a little bit harder. Yeah, um, that's it's something that I, I've I mentioned in my last podcast and I've seen that you were doing it as well. I've been waking up and going for a walk um, for the past two weeks yeah. now. And like that, and I'm not looking at my phone. I did last week. I was taking out my phone to listen to a podcast, but now I'm just this morning. I was out for half an hour with my dog, just going out a walk, and like coming back and starting your day off. I didn't. I then went and done the work. I, I'm quite old school. I do a lot of work in a pen and notepad as well. And I like yeah. the reason that I read uh, paper books and I don't use a Kindle. And the reason that I write things down is because it gives me time away from a device. And um, yeah. But yeah, I totally agree with you on the walking thing, mate. Like, I think that, um, I, as I know that you're an online trainer now, but when you're a one-to-one -one trainer in the gym, like, you're on your feet all the time. And um, I run a boot camp as well. And, and obviously, that is kind of it's somewhere between neat and eat, isn't it? It's not quite, I'm running about, I'm yeah. taking part, but I'm, I'm on my feet instructing it. So my, my activity is genuinely high because of that. But since lockdown, I've really made a conscious effort of going out walks and it is it's something that yeah. I'm going to just take on. And it's been a big part of my sort of social media development because I, feel, I felt really relaxed and talking in camera and stuff. And it's, it's, it's a good time. It's when you come up with some of your best ideas. It's when you think about really creative things. It's when you, you have thoughts. And I think 
Um, one of the most, the best things that I think, like obviously this is a podcast we're recording right now. I think these are one of the best tools that you can have in your belt when it comes to self-development. Like I think like yeah. self-development is deemed as like, oh, you need to go and do a qualification with an exam at the end. Whereas with things like listening to a podcast, you are choosing what you learn. You are doing it whenever you yeah. want and you're really opting to do it. So it's not forced upon you. And it becomes almost like effortless and it's a really good way to build up habits as well. So if someone is struggling to implement increasing their expenditure, tying it in with a really good podcast. Like if someone's, I've yeah. people, like I know that a few people that when Dale was on, Dale's got a decent following and I picked up a lot of new followers and, and they listened to that one. And then they've, I really like that podcast. They've got then nine other episodes to go and listen to. So that's nine, nine, or, nine or two weeks of walking they've got right there. So yeah just little simple tools like that it's it's and you're learning so much and it's it's very enlightening see listening to you you probably if you i think you listen to podcasts as well mate yeah of course yeah and the like the amount of stuff i've learned on them and i've just and it's stuff that i say day to day now just through listening to the conversation of someone else so they are they're a great tool and i'm glad that more people are listening to them i'm glad that um obviously more people are at more, more people are getting active and stuff as well i just wish more people would because I get, I get a lot of clients where it's like they're struggling with mindset and motivation. And I'm like, right, tell them to get out walking, not just for energy expenditure, to clear their head, to give them some some meaningful time on their own. And you're like, have you done that? And they're like, no. Nah. And I'm like, right, go and listen to this podcast. It'll really help with what you're doing. And I'm like, you've done that? And they're like, no. Nah. And it's like, you need to, like, it's, it's what we said. Like, is it at the top of the priorities? And it's you have to then start going, oh, right just go and do that because it will really help you. But it, it does. And I know that everyone listening to this right now is into podcasts because you're obviously like balls deep into an hour long podcast. So, um, yeah, well done. If you've got this far. <laughs> yeah, I know. So if you've got this far, if you've not got bored, but yeah, um, apart from that, man, um, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, have you got anything else you'd like to add in David? Spot on. No, I think it was good just to generally chat about a few things that are current. Um, it wasn't that controversial, I don't think. I think we kind of we kind of were a bit diplomatic on a lot of our points, um, which is always like it's always a hard one because you don't want to alienate a certain audience by saying something totally outlandish, um, like, like "fuck Boris Johnson" or something. <laughs> I'm joking. So no, no, it was good to it's good to just generally chat to another like-minded person and kind of share ideas. That's what I love about like being a few different podcasts now, and it's good just you know, getting other people's opinion on something. Um, and, and often in the fitness space, they're very similar. And um, yeah, it's good to just bounce ideas off one another. No, no, that's cool. Is there anything that like, you'd like to add in about MTN or anything like that at all, mate, just before we go? No, like if, if anyone's looking for more information on coaching and things like that, like the, the online space is somewhere that we, like we dominate and we, we really enjoy that kind of market. Um, just add us on Instagram, MTN underscore coaching. Um, we've got a really good email list because out three times a week it's crazy popular actually their open rates and the email lists are very very high that's where we you know give away a lot of the content we do post on instagram and stuff like very frequently but um, if you kind of want like an insider access to like vip content definitely join our email list we, 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 we promote a lot of different things on that as well and i'm sure we'll um we'll certainly shout out your podcast on the email list as well no, I appreciate that, mate. Thanks very much. It's been awesome to have you on as well, mate. Really, really good chat with a like-minded person. Um, so, yeah, um, just before I close off the podcast, guys, if you are listening in, remember and screenshot it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Bang it on your stories and tag us in it as well because it is what gets the message out there more as well. And 
as we were saying, it's like we us talking, we don't realize that like after these podcasts, I always get messages with people saying like, God, I really took a lot from that. And me and David don't realize that as we're talking because it's just stuff that we we say all the time. But um, that's yeah. the power of them as well. So, um, but yeah, just do that, guys. But anyway, I'll catch you in a bit. And thanks very much for uh, coming on, David. I appreciate it, mate. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon.